Hi, everybody. One of the very, the most amazing parenting, mindful parenting, all kind of parenting people is here today, Tandy Parks. If you have not taken Tandy's class, it's really, I don't even know how many she's giving anymore because we're all getting to a time of life we're slowing down a little bit. But if you have an opportunity to even have a conversation with Tandy Parks. <laughs> it's amazing. So thank you for coming. And Tandy and I have taught together and we'll continue to. So. I second that for Tandy. I'm a Tandy mom. You're a Tandy mom. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So welcome, everybody, and thank you for coming. There's a, there's a meditation just before here that's 45 minutes that is fantastic. I come in the room and... It's just so charged with love and light when I come in. So, and I'm sorry, I don't remember. Camilla. Camilla. And Camilla teaches that. So if you have an opportunity, a little bit more time in the mornings, I'd encourage you to come to Camilla's class and then spill over into this one. They really do. I come in and the people are like, <laughs> it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So, so look at you guys are bookended by two wonderful teachers. So I can just come and sit there and we'll be just fine today. But there's a little bit I want to talk today about, and I want to talk about not knowing. And Tandy has heard this many times before, but it's, it may have a little different tack on it now because I'm a little older than I was yesterday. <laughs> So we forget that certainty is the absolute enemy of growth and of relationships and of learning. And uh, I want to tell you a story that my grown son tells me is still his favorite all-time mindfulness story. And that story is about a farmer, a son, and his horse. And this is how it goes. There's a farmer and his son, and they live out in the mountains in a very small community, very remote. And one day, this gorgeous stallion comes through into the farm and stays there. And the neighbor comes running over and says, you guys are so lucky. You're so fortunate. You've got this wonderful horse. And uh, the farmer, who's kind of this old, crankety old guy, says, we'll see. Next day, the son climbs on the horse, goes out to take it for a ride, gets thrown by the horse, and breaks his ankle. Same neighbor comes running over and says, oh, this is so sad. What are you going to do? How are you going to take care of your farm? The horse has thrown your son and he broke his ankle. The farmer replies, not surprisingly, we'll see. A couple days later, the army comes through town and they are drafting all of the able-bodied men in the village to come out and fight a war. They have to leave the son behind and because he's got a broken leg. So the same neighbor comes running on over saying, you guys are so fortunate your son didn't get taken to war. And the farmer says, we'll see. And this idea of being open to we'll see, to we don't know, is something that often as parents or as teachers or as therapists, we resist. And the reason we resist it often is because we think that our families, our kids want us to be so solid and that our solidness, our knowing absolutely everything is going to help them feel very, very safe. But often the opposite is true. Often we do want to keep our kids feeling safe and in a contained way, in a safe way. But being able to be comfortable with mommy doesn't know this right now. 
but that's okay. Being able to model that actually makes kids often feel so, so much safer. So why is this so hard to do? Well, the reason it's so hard to do is because we are, everything we do up, coming up until now, everything we're trained to do, it's all based on what we know from the past. And so we become very, very sure that what's going to happen next is going to be consistent with our past experiences. And then, to make matters worse, our nervous systems will go into high alert if we feel scared for our kids or if we feel threatened. And when that happens, what happens to our mind is we tighten up. Our mind tightens up on whatever it is that that thought is. And our thinking brain, our rational brain, just kind of shuts down. And what comes in place is that more lizard reactive brain. So what have we been talking about over and over again in these classes? The importance of relaxation. And we hear in meditation a lot that we need to relax our minds, open up our minds for a lot more space. Sometimes that instruction is hard to do because our minds are already tight, especially off in the cushion when we're worrying or upset or afraid for our kids or, or for ourselves. So then we go to the body. So then we relax our bodies. And just when we see the tension in our body and we let it fall, our minds tend to open up. When our minds get more spacious, when our minds are more open, then there's room for all of these different competing ideas to be just dancing around inside of our temples. I think it was F. Scott Fitzgerald who said that the test of a first-rate intelligence is the capacity to hold two competing ideas in your mind and still be able to function. And that's what we can do when we're able to let go, relax our bodies, have a lot of space in our minds, and then just see what happens with those different ideas. What we notice, if we don't engage in them, if we don't get caught up thinking about them, and remember we've been talking, when we think about these things, our minds tend to get more tense and our bodies get more tense. If we keep the relaxation, keep the openness, these, all these competing ideas, they tend to settle down. And what they say in classical training, they self-liberate. They just free themselves and we're no longer hooked on them. So we're going to work on that in our practice today. So with your back straight, if you feel a little bit down today, try that superhero pose. Just put your hands back like a superhero. And stretch up, shoulders back, head up. Remember, keeping your shoulders back and head up is great as far as other people see you as strong. But that's not why we do it. We do it because when we've got our shoulders back and our head up, we feel strong ourselves. And then bring your hands back down. Easy in your lap. Your eyes closed or open, if you like. And let's start the way we always do, by revisiting our intention for our practice. What is it that brought you here today? What is it that you're hoping that this practice will help with? Just take a second or two and just reflect on that.
Now, if you're anything like me, usually that reflection will take me to someplace like, I'm here because I'm hoping to help myself in some way. I'd like to stress out a little less. I'd like to find balance in my life. My guess is if you dig deeper, you'll see that that thread leads to other people too. I'm hoping if I become a little less neurotic and a little less reactive, that it'll be easier on my family and on my friends. See if there's something like that that happens for you too, where your intention starts with yourself, but then branches out to other people in your life. And now last, I bet if you follow that thread, it won't take long for you to see that the intention, the motivation for practice is not just for us. It's not just for other people. It's for absolutely everyone and everything in person, online and off. Our motivation for being here is to benefit all beings. Now let's align our bodies and our speech and our mind by bringing attention into our head area, into our forehead. Feel the warmth and the spaciousness behind your temples. Relax your face, your eyes, your jaw, and just rest with a whole lot of space in your body and your mind. Some people benefit by thinking of a color. So if you're one of those people, just visualize the space in your body and your mind right now as white. Nice, spacious, soft, white light of a floodlight. Now let's bring our attention down into our throat and our shoulder area, knowing that's the space we think of in connection with speech. Not just what we say out loud, but our inner speech too. See if you can relax the muscles inside and out in your throat area and your forehead. And if the light helps you, imagine a pink rosy light soft light in and around your throat, in and around your shoulders.
Now move your attention down from your throat and shoulders into your heart center. The heart and mind are one in this kind of work. Just feel the warmth inside your heart. And if a color is helpful, think of a light blue, like the color of a still, quiet pond. Right there in your heart center and feel all sorts of space and openness as you rest in the gentle rhythm of your breathing. Now bring your attention down into your tummy area and soften your tummy. To your lower legs and your upper legs and your knees and soften your muscles in your legs. To your feet and your toes and soften your muscles there. Now with your mind and your body relaxed, just rest in the gentle rhythm of your breathing. And when thoughts come to mind, which they will, just let them be. Put lots of space around those thoughts. Relax your body if it helps. And see what happens if you don't interfere with your thoughts. You just let them come and let them go.
If your mind gets hooked on a story, notice if your body has tensed up. If you're caught in a story, just first relax. Relax your body. And then ask yourself, is it really so? Whatever the story is, it feels real. But is it really true? Put a lot of space around it. Try not to think about it anymore, but don't try to push it away. And just rest. If your mind gets busy, notice that it's busy. Just keep breathing and know you're breathing. And remember the tip to settle your mind when you breathe in, just silently say in. When you breathe out, just silently say out. In, out, in out.
I really appreciate the street noise when we hear it in this room because it reminds us that we're practicing not just for what happens on the cushion, but to prepare us for how we move through every day. And when we move through every day, there's kids talking, there's kids laughing, there's kids crying, there's horns honking. And we learn just to be with it, not to push it away, not to exclude it, not to create stories around it, but just that we have plenty of space in our minds and our bodies for the chaos and hectic aspects of everyday life and also the peace and the calm and the joy of just being present right here, right now, in this room with one another. We're coming close to the end of our time, which is always a great opportunity to begin again. Just for these last couple minutes, if your mind got lost, that's okay. Just bring it right on back to the here, to the now, to your mind and your heart of great space. And just being right here, right now, with an effortless flow of what's happening in your mind and your body. Relaxing around it, not tensing it up. Keeping your sense of humor about the kooky things that happen in our minds. And taking good care of yourself for these last few minutes.
And if any of those pesky thoughts or emotions come up in these last couple minutes, and if some of them are difficult to contain, just ask yourself, I know this feels real, but is it true? It feels real, but is it true? Or is there possibly another way to look at it? Could this be more than one thing at the same time? So this week, let's see if we can take that idea out with us that we want to have a wide open mind and if strong feelings come to mind, we can ask ourselves, they feel real, but are they true? Or are there other possibilities that might be at play here? And may this practice that we all had here today be helpful to absolutely everybody and absolutely everything. So thank you, everybody.